Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Retro Anime Podcast. I'm your host Ian and as always I'm here with Lewis. Say hello Lewis. Hello everyone. How are you Lewis? Doing good, doing good. Um, you know, living, yeah. the, living the absolute dream. The weather's terrible <laughs> but it's still really humid and um, kind of just sh- sweating away in the uh, in my in my office. Yeah, it's very humid here as well. We've had sort of it's warm. We've had sporadic showers, but it's still kind of almost the verge of oppressively humid at times. Certainly yes. more humid than we're used to in the UK. Definitely still being still sat in front of the warm, loving glow of my monitors, being <laughs> abused by retro anime. <laughs> Oh, and a couple of corkers today as well. So uh, before we get into that, I want to give a shout out. A uh, guy called Liam Gray, who sort of self-founded a publishing company called Conquest Comics. He's launching a retro style manga called Wonder Island. Uh, He's doing it through uh, crowdfunding on uh, Indiegogo. So um, he reached out to me and asked if I'd kind of help publish it. So just want to give a shout out to that and go go on Indiegogo, search Wonder Island. It looks really interesting, actually. It's quite a nice art style, interesting sounding fantasy story. So uh, go and support that. He's beaten his funding target, so it looks like it's going to get uh, the go ahead. The first book in a in a series of uh, sort of graphic novels. So, um, yeah, please go check it out and support him. Do like to lend our support to independent artists because, you know, they keep all this stuff going and... You know, there's lots of people that want to make a kind of career out of this. So, yeah, please do go and check him out. I'll uh, put a link in the post after I uh, publish this episode as well so people can go and follow it. So, yeah, do check that out. So today, more dragon-themed OVAs. Now, this would, there's never an intention to do dragon OVAs. It just seem to, you know, kind of <laughs> there just seems to be it. a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I like dragons, you know, like dragon is a is a... They're always been a you know high fantasy uh, mm. desire kind of thing to think, and there's like it's it's always surprises me just how vast and encompassing um, the medium of dragons can be. Like, yeah, <laughs> people will blend it with anything, like yeah. holding dragons, holding LMGs. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so strange. It's so strange. But I, you know, I'm here for it. I'll I'll consume any dragon media. I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah, it's still one of those things. Always popular in the Orient, aren't they? Uh, you know, in Japan and China and stuff. So yeah, kids. There just seems to be a lot of. You know, yeah, exactly. They do, don't they? Yeah. They do. So um, they're just cool, man. Yeah, and so you know, just the stuff that we kind of look at that kind of fits within the remit of the podcast. Just a lot of it seems to be dragon themed or to have dragons in the title or whatever. So. These two today, so we're going to review Dragon Sentry and Xanadu, Legend of the Dragon Slayer. Uh, these I kind of found a few years ago, just generally researching OVAs and just kind of digging through that plethora of anime that, you know, kind of released in yesteryear. So these both seemed a good fit. They were released six months apart from each other in 1988 they have similarish story elements in you know in some aspects of it so yeah it just seemed like a good yeah. fit for the podcast so we'll go with those mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So our first review today is Xanadu Legend of the Dragon Slayer. So to give it its Japanese title, Xanadu Dragon Slayer Densets. So this was a one episode OVA from 1988, directed by Atsutoshi Umazawa, who also directed Ghost Sweeper Mikami. Uh, which did have VHS and DVD releases in the West, um, which is probably the only thing he's directed that uh, people will, will probably recognise. Um, it was also an episode director on Fist of the North Star and a few episodes of the Utsunomiko OVA, uh, which is quite an interesting looking OVA, and I've got it on my watch list for this year. The animation production then was by Toei Animation. This was actually based on the 1985 video game Xanadu Dragon Slayer 2 on the NEC PC-88. There is a fan sub available and you can actually watch it on YouTube with subtitles. So a brief synopsis. Figu is a part of a tank unit fighting a future war when he is mysteriously transported to a magical land where he must find the legendary Dragon Slayer sword and help a princess and her kingdom prevent the evil Raishwa from summoning the Dark Dragon. So, Lewis, what did you think of Xanadu? Xanadu, wannadu baby. Uh, <laughs> it just sounds like an episode. I know, I can't. Like, Xanadu. <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's, it's a much more um, understandable OVA when you realise Legend of the Dragon Slayer actually refers to the sword and not anything else. Mm. It's not, there's no dragons in this. <laughs> there's no dragons no. in this. The closest <laughs> thing to a dragon is uh, is his mech, his uh, battle mech, which has the yeah. dragon logo on it. Um, yeah. Or a dragon uh, icon on it. Yeah. And this whole, like, the dark dragon is actually a sea urchin. Yes. Which, you know, it's just, there's a lot of things going on in here. It blends a lot of, you know, it's sort of a mech anime. It's sort of a mm. oh, it's, it's high fantasy, you know, magic mm. mech fighters. Um, yeah, yeah. And then it goes Lovecraftian. Um, mm. It's just, there's so much going on in this. And it's just kind of too much. <laughs> yeah. Too much. Yeah, absolutely. This sets out as the kind of classic isekai anime you know there's this soldier who gets mysteriously transported to another world where you know he's you know he's the alien trying to find his way yeah Yeah. exactly and you know ends up kind of helping this fight this kingdom and and helping some other people like you know most isekai um anime um but like you say it's called the Dragon Slayer, but there's no dragons in it. No. Even though they keep referring to the Dark Dragon, but yeah. it never just, actually manifests. Yeah, nothing, nothing dragon-like really manifests. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it keeps subverting your expectations um, and throwing away plot points like it's uh, nobody's business. Yeah, but it is. Yeah. It, you know, it's not too long, and much like our other OVA that we're reviewing in the same uh, in the same episode is. It just tries to do too much, yeah. Um, and it su- it really suffers from like you know if you love it, <laughs> it's a good saying if you love it cut it because you're too close to the product. Um, yeah. And this one is just there's just they want to do too much. They want to tell you too much in a a budgeted timeline, um, and you're just yeah. kind of left with I don't know. It's it's just 
It's yeah. a barrage. <laughs> it's just a barrage. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess because, like I say, I mean, ultimately, like a lot of these OVAs that we review on this, and a lot of this stuff that certainly came out in the late eighties, mm. you know, it's fifty minutes. So it's kind of like, right, we've got all these ideas and we've got to cram it, all this sort of three-act stuff and all these ideas into the 50 minutes. Mm. And it just tries to tell too much story in too short a runtime. But, you know, it plays out like a very familiar RPG element. And given that it's based on an RPG video game, that's hardly a surprise. Yeah, and I think think one thing it does probably do a decent job of is, is setting up the world. Um, it it does sort of you don't really question the the magic and and everything else like that once it kind of gets past the little introduction and it is like you're like you 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 kind of think you're in for this like very gruesome ride, um yeah. But then it flips the switch on you and becomes very light hearted and almost comical, uh, yeah. With its violence, and then it flips the switch again later on, and then it flips it again. Like it's just that. <laughs> <laughs> it is just it's yeah. just a con- it's a confused thing with a lot of varying themes. Yeah, it is confused, and to be honest, that is kind of my biggest problem with it. Because so, as I said, it plays out like this RPG. So there's these three mystical elements: there's a a crystal, a fairy stone, and the sword. And when they combine, they create the dragon slayer. Okay, which Figu uses to defeat the baddies in the end. Mm. So it starts off with this you know, kind of the, the mech war in whatever timeline it is. And then um, Figu's tank gets, or tank unit gets transported to this place. They get attacked by these um, dragon bug king, things. Kind of, yeah. Dragon, dragon things, bugs, don't they? And, yeah. You know, and it sets off and it's like really violent because that opening scene is like violent and gory. Yeah. You know, and full of kind of the body horror stuff. And then it, it ends up in the fantasy world and it goes from there. And the problem is, is like my biggest problem with it is that it is really, really confused. So you have that bit, then you get into this light-hearted bit, and then you meet Figu meets all the princess, Ryu, and some of the other characters in the kingdom, and it mm-hmm. goes a bit light-hearted. Then it kind of goes a bit dark again. Then you get introduced to the protagonists, which is ultimately Raisha, um, this witch and Agora, who's this kind of, I don't know, he's like a crocodile henchman type thing. And then you get into this kind of really weird kind of like banter between them. And they're all kind of like making fun of each other. And Yeah, they know. have that weird like dynamic. Like everyone, they're always taking the piss out yeah. of Agora. And then, yeah. then Roy Schwar and that witch have this, I guess this assumed, it's kind of this like, they position it to you like they've got this really intense sexual relationship. Yeah. And it's kind of like really weird. And then, it, but she yeah. never, she never is anything in that story. No. At I all. Know. Like she's, she's literally there to, to throw out a few lines, um, which make Raishwa either laugh or angry. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. yeah. And then, do we, does she even have a name? Well, that's why, that's why I call her the witch. Cause I've watched it. I've watched this three times. I can't figure out what they actually call her by name. Oh my god! So yeah, I, I, I'm sure she does have a name, but I'm pretty sure they don't say it right, yeah. through the OVA. Um, 
which again might be just one of those things they overlooked because they had so much other stuff yeah, they were trying to throw so, in it. Yeah, just completely forgetting that part of it. God bless them. Oh, Jesus. And then there's other bits of it. There's like really kind of this purview because there's this flying ship, this flying galley, um, and there's this kind of pervy uncle on there who like leches on rail while she's asleep, topless or whatever, you know, and, and there's yeah. all these surrounding... And it's surrounded by all these like really, really kiddie, like really, really childish kind of character designs. I mean, it's really, and that's what I mean. It's like, it's so confused. It's like hyper violent. It's really pervy. It's really, really silly at times. Um, And the tonal shift literally from one minute to the next is so varied. It's like, it just can't quite make up what it wants to be. It can't decide whether it's a, you know, gritty action fantasy. It yeah, it steps on its own heels it a, a lot. Comedy. Yeah. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely steps on its own heels. Like it's, um, it's kind of the, it's it's a weird one to review because you there's no real, um, story beats to it. Um, no. Other than the fact that the dramatic rule of three, which is you know, um, looking for the the. The, these three legendary artifacts that exist mm. in this area, in this in this land, um, which you know, like it's it's super obvious what's happening with those with those three things uh, from the get go. Mm. Um, yeah, and you know where it's going to lead to, um, but it does. <laughs> one thing I'll give it credit for is it does keep surprising you with undermining itself. <laughs> like it just under <laughs> anything it does, it like the next scene it'll undermine itself. Like they'll have a complete, um, you know, graphic body horror, like you say, um, <laughs> you know, genocide of a city and its people. And <laughs> in the next scene, you know, it's the it's the uncle perving over his <laughs> his niece, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just very odd. Yeah, it's just um, yeah, it it, it can't really be review, reviewed in, in in sequence because it's like I I just have such strong memories of all these different parts where, because we watched this one together. Um, we did, yeah. First, um, before like, I rewatched it um, earlier today. And it's like, even though I rewatched it earlier today, I still only have these fleeting moments of, of like, where I, I remember being still sat next to you going, what? What is <laughs> happening? And because it doesn't, nothing really sticks to you in the story. Um, no. Other than you know those graphic horror pieces, because they're just a bit shocking. So, I yeah. if anything, I think the only thing this has got going for it is shock value, because it just yeah you're laughing and then you're like ah and then you're laughing and ah! <laughs> it's just it's a yeah coaster. yeah exactly yeah because yeah. I mean it's even I mean it even delves into the realms of like tentacle rape. Yeah, Almost, it goes very it? Lovecraftian, you know, towards the end. and and, and yeah. kind of like the, the main antagonist out of nowhere goes full mind flayer. Yeah, um, and that's just interesting uh, and also concerning at the same time. I I didn't yeah. know really what to make of that. Um, no, I, I didn't like no, it. No, because yeah, I, I don't mind some Lovecraftian horror, but like really, um, you know. It, it felt out of place. It's it totally problem. out of place, and almost everything in this yeah. is out of place. The, it's out of place. The, <laughs> the dragon, you know, it like it does feel like the antagonists sort of it, it 
are built in the fact of Lovecraftian horror, even though they kind of look like um, yeah, like they almost look like they're villains out of He Man. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then as soon as like, but they've got this like kind of Lovecraftian horror spaceship where it's just this big sea urchin kind of mm. floating mass. Which yeah, is, uh, and then yeah, yeah, uh, then he goes full mind flayer. It's just some interesting art choices across the board. Um, yeah, very much so. Because the thing is, it at the same time as it being a bit confused, it feels very simple. Yeah, as well, like the dialogue's very simple. And I think because, like you say, there's there's no real kind of story beats or consistent or coherent story beats. Mm. That the story feels simple with it. Yeah, there's no gravity really to anyone's actions, no. and um, it does feel all no, very. There isn't. Um, no. It does. There, nothing feels high stakes. Um, I think the best bit of animation in there is is the is the penultimate fight where he's in actually in the mech finally, um, mm. when he's actually like roaming the battlefield in the in the actual mech, piloting yeah. it solo. Because um, that bit as well with with Figu, to be honest, that that kind of feels like there's a whole load of stuff missing from that because yeah. he gets transported to this world and then he he, he pops up defending real at the beginning because there's these kind of... I mean, they're being attacked by demons and there's these kind of invisible demons that, which he saves uh, real from. Yeah, they never make an um, appearance again, by the way. <laughs> no, no, they don't. Um, the best the best stealth fighters potentially in the entire... <laughs> <laughs> in the entire... Um, yeah. I guess OVA and then yeah, you think there'd be an it. army of those. Yeah, yeah you'd you'd, yeah. you'd kind of hope so, but no, nothing. No, nothing. no not mentioned. Anything, no. anything it sets, sets itself up for it undermines in the next scene. You know, it's it's not. Yeah, uh, it's never. It's, there's ne- nothing is ever given weight. Um, like even the genocide, it's just a scene, and then in the next, it's nothing again. No one mentions it. Yeah, it feels like it's pieced to pieced together by different departments and just thrown together haphazardly. <laughs> yeah, and well, I've got a theory on that. I'll come back to. Yeah. Um, in a minute as well. So, Figu, but I just want to go back to like Figu's story, who's like the main protagonist. So, like he can't remember what's happened to him, mm. and then he sees his mech in the town, doesn't he? In the like in his on display, like as this kind of, you know, it's on dis- display like some artifact type of thing, yeah. and then that kind of prods his memory, and like he he gets in and he can remember how to pilot it and power it up and all the rest of it, and then he uses it to kind of help fight the battle but then at the end he still hasn't remembered anything and you know given that it's like an isekai there's no closure you know there's no like he never ever gives his homeworld a second thought yeah right it's like do you know what I mean it's like oh I don't remember where I came from how did I get here you know I've got obviously must have this history that he can't remember with his background because he's suddenly just appeared somewhere and it's it's never closed that loop is never closed. It's never explored what actually happens to him. Yeah. I get the feeling they wrote this storyboard to this, right, mm. with all this story, and they were, well, actually, that's going to take, like, two hours to, to animate, you know. That's yeah. going to be a two-hour yeah. film. It's like, well, right, we'll get rid of that, we'll get rid of that, we'll get rid of that. And you end up with this compressed kind of mess. So, yeah. Yeah. I it's Because I, I know at the start, you know, it's insinuated that he dies, um, well, he he kind of does, doesn't he? He's his, him. Uh, he crashes off the this high mountain into yeah. a forest below. Um, 
almost totals his mech, you'd assume. And then he's uh, resurrected by the Great Wizard, who ends up being his mentor in the in, in the things to come. Yeah. But yeah, it's never really. Even though he gets, he he sort of sort of. It's gets never explained, is it? No. And like, I'm not sure if that like needs. I'm not. I know. I don't. I don't. I don't personally need that to be explained. I'd much rather the rest of the story made sense first. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really, that would be my priority. Um, But yeah, like, it's just, there's like a point where you make the point where there's nothing, you know, there's no closure on that part. There's barely any closure on anything else. Um, No, no. But but I think that's why, you know, that for me, I I think is a really fundamental part of the story that's missing. His whole background and what happens, I just... It's yeah, nameless like, protagonist. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just the protagonist for yeah. the sake of being the protagonist. And, you know, you're just not meant mm. to question it. <laughs> no, I know. Oh, I don't think you are. You never are in these things. I think you're supposed to kind of switch your brain off, aren't yeah. you? But yeah, this is it, definitely when you look at it. It's for... <laughs> if it doesn't switch it off for you. No, no. I mean, there are a few redeeming bits to this. I mean, I think there's a few kind of um bits of cool imagery i think when the urchin battle fortress thing comes from the out of the uh waterfall i think that's really cool there's some quite cool scenery and there's some quite good shots of that fortress kind of set against certain backdrops during the the battles and stuff you know there's some nice artwork in and imagery in that um yeah i think agora's redemption arc you know it goes from this kind of because he's the one that effectively attacked uh, Figu at the beginning um, you know and then he's kind of put upon and berated and put down by Vaishvar and the witch and but then he kind of rebels against and that they go off to kill him I think don't they and you know he rebels and escapes and he ends up kind of saving Rael the princess and he helps save the day so that I think is quite a nice story uh, you know that bit of it's quite good and but then again you've got this and another bit that you know, it comes on to quite frustrating with these type of things. So this mysterious mm. wizard who you see rescue Figu at the beginning, he appears at the very end, says something mystic and walks off. You know, he says, I've, have we seen the, the true legend of the Dragon Slayer or whatever? And it's just, and it's just like, well, what, what does that mean? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's... It just doesn't really close it. I mean, I, I sometimes wonder, I, if, I, you, you know... <laughs> Like Were they hoping imagine. for episode two or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'd like to imagine they threw that in there and they had this big screening once it was in the, at the end and they were just kind of like, so what do you reckon? Do we have funding for another one? Because we've got the, we've set it up. And they're like, what have you yeah. set up? What have you set up? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> There's nothing here. I wonder if this is the true end. Thank yeah. God it was. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't have put myself through another 50 minutes of that. No. No, it's not good. I mean, there's there's so little redeeming features to it. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's. You know. I think it's worth a watch, um, just because it's funny. Yeah, I mean, it is funny. I think you will get some entertainment value out of it. Yeah, um, it's definitely fun to point and laugh at. Um, I mean, I'm like giving it five because it's like I didn't I didn't watch it and think. I mean, I know we've sat here for the last whatever fifteen minutes berating or it. twenty minutes or berating it. Um, but you know, it's not like I hated it. It's not ultra bad. No, we've seen some. No. We have seen some ultra bad stuff, 
and this is not ultra bad. It's definitely mid middle ground. You know, this is a yeah four point five five out of ten. Um, sits yeah. sits somewhere between there. Um, it doesn't do anything well, and it doesn't do anything so terribly awful. Um, yeah, and it is interesting enough to hold your interest. And yeah. you kind of you you kind of you, you're kind of forced into watching it because there's so so many things that are so oddly jarring that capture your attention mm-hmm. again even though if you even if you're dipping out a little bit of the story like the the misplaced music yeah you know the strange editorial decisions like they, they pull you back in only to kind of really look at it as a piece of art and being like what happened yeah i know who hurt you i know you know um and it's funny you know the music yeah i, I didn't talk about that yeah it's a weird out of place music this avi oh, incredibly as well. odd yeah. Like this, like really funky jazz stuff against some really dark scenes. It's like, now nah, that isn't yeah. the music that you put against a scene like this. You know, yeah. it's body horror scat jazz club. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, you know, I agree. I, you know, this is a five out of ten for me because it's. I mean, it is really, really perfect middle ground because. Mm. As you say, it doesn't really do anything particularly well, but there are pockets of little bits that are quite interesting. Yeah, it is a bit incoherent, but I guess you know it moves through the plot reasonably logically. You know, he turns up, he gets transported, he gets helps his kingdom. You know, you have all the stuff, kidnaps and little battles, and then ultimately the heroes defeat the bad guys at the end of the day, sort of thing. Mm. Um, it's reasonably well animated. You know, the animation isn't poor or bad. You know, there's, like I say, there is some nice artwork. The flying ship bits are quite nice as well. So, you know, there's no ugly character designs or anything like that in it. So there's nothing about it that you can really hate. There's a few things that you can go, you know, there are a few WTF moments in it and, and stuff, which will go, like you go, as you said earlier as well, you know, you're looking at it going, what? Yeah. What, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know they they're almost as entertaining as they're you know the, the story's meant right. to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so you know I've I've seen this three times. I watched it originally when I first saw it last year or the year before, and then I've watched it once with you, and then once again just to kind of check a few things. And I've not felt like oh I've got to sit through that again. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. it's like I'll probably never watch it again if I'm honest. But I don't kind of regret watching it. I don't feel it was a complete waste of 50 minutes of my time. Sort yeah, of thing, so. it's an experience. It's something to... And at the end of the day, the benefit for us is it's something to talk about, you know? Yeah. And there it is. Yeah. From our from our <laughs> eyes to your ears, watch it and regret it. But regret it in hope that you can tell someone how bad it is. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one to kind of review. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's not good. It's not bad. Yeah, I can't recommend it, but I would kind of say go and watch it because yeah, you know, I dislike you need it. To kind of see it. I really dislike it, and I kind of like it at the same time. So yeah, yeah, it's very, it's a real weird one. It's yeah. a real weird one. Yeah, um, Xanadu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think <laughs> I think we talked about that enough. I think we'll move on to our next review.
Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. So our second review today is Dragon Century, or to give it its Japanese name, Ryu Seiki. This is a two-episode OVA from 1988, directed by Kiyoshi Fukumoto, uh, who actually didn't really direct anything else. Um, He was predominantly a storyboard creator and um, an episode director for lots of various shows and OVAs. This is based on the manga Dragon Breeder by Ryu Keihi. Character designs were by... Hiroyuki Kitazumi, and it was produced by AIC. This was released by US Renditions in the US on VHS in the very, very early 90s, but it's a license that's long since expired and uh, has never been re-licensed since, but there is a fan sub easily available for those who want to watch it. So, Brief synopsis, Hokkaido 1991, a series of murders take place and dragons suddenly begin appearing in the skies. The Japanese Self-Defence Force begin shooting the dragons out of the sky, holding them responsible for the murders. A troubled young girl is suddenly entrusted with the care of a hatchling dragon, hoping to raise him for destruction. Everyone will soon learn the true culprits are and why the dragons have appeared. So this one, I think, in many ways, I I actually quite liked this one. I like this Um, one. I do. Yeah. You know, it has its flaws. Ultimately, almost the same problem as... Before. So it's two 25-minute episodes, 28-minute episodes, and the actual amount of animation time is probably about 22 minutes. Yeah. And in both of those episodes, because there's a big time skip in this, so you have a the, the sort of 1990 um, episode, and then it skips a few hundred years into the future and a different kind of yeah. time um, structure. And you effectively have the full three-act structure within 22 23 minutes on each episode and it's just incredibly difficult just it's so so compressed yeah and it just feels very very it really really needed like 45 60 minutes an episode to do it justice really but having said that i think what's in there in each of those compressed 20 odd minutes is actually pretty good Mm. I, i i'd say so too you know i think the way it kind of introduces the dragons you know you get this self-defense sort of general who's shooting them down and like the um the girl and the girl rico uh in and her story and what happens with her i just think it's actually you know actually those basic story elements are really really good and the way the, the actual story plays out is really interesting because you know she she gets this dragon so um this sdf general you know shoots this dragon out of the sky it's got an egg. The girl runs off with it, raises this dragon. What they're actually... The dragons have turned up is because there's a demon turning up and the dragons are there to actually fight the demon. And this girl who's very much kind of very angry at the world and the way her character's... You know, she's got this real... Um, Teenage angst. 
teenage angst. He's sort of really in the, sort of nihilist attitude yeah. to life. Yeah, she's definitely, um, definitely a nihilist, yeah. You know, and then kind of as she goes through the bit at the end and then, you know, has this awakening almost and a realisation of what's actually important. You know, I think that given its screen time, it's actually just quite well executed. Yeah, give, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a testament, really. Like you know, these these OVAs um, about how hard it is to push a succinct a succinct story into a short period of time, um, get all the beats right, and also most importantly, yeah. get the passage of time correct. Because mm. timelines are such a hard thing to work to. Um, this that's yeah. this one's biggest shortcoming for me is the that timelines are, are poorly executed um, mm. because it all just you know it might as well take place in a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. There's no you know and because the first one feels like it just takes place within a couple of days, the second one is hard to get into because you just have to take it with like all right that's the way the world is now um, because yeah I think the, the biggest struggle in the st- the first one is her oh she's got a, like a lot of complex issues that yeah. have to be worked through in this like like 20 minutes while intertwining how these demons are taking over and you know why the dragons are here and like completing um like each character's story arc effectively and i think yeah. that the like the officer the sdf officer really only has is the only one who has a, a completed story arc in the first one yeah yeah because yeah he's he's a simple character you know he's oh, you, you understand that he's you know he believes wholeheartedly that the dragons are to blame he's put his light he's poured himself into it um yeah. i think the only thing that was really missing from him is um something that kind of adds a little bit of weight to the, his hatred of the dragons you know like when he's you, you could have easily have done that in such a short amount of time with uh, him in his office, uh, you know, rewinding footage of you know the dragon they've just killed in downtown um, uh, Hokkaido. Um, yeah, and then he could have just picked up a, a you know a a photo of his family, um, you know, and his wife, you know, could be dead. Uh, yeah, you, you just see some of that anger in him um, after you know rewatching this because like you know rewatching it for him could be like therapeutic watching this dragon die because he blames them for yeah, know, the death yeah, of a family member yeah. that would have been enough and that would have been he would have been the perfect character within a twenty minute episode, um, but yeah he 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 his kind of arc makes sense because he's obsessed, um, yeah, and then goes out of his way to find out of you know beyond his jurisdiction I guess without any other sdf forces as a personal vendetta to go and find her once he sees her on the the, the tapes of the of the um yeah yeah the dragon incident carrying the the baby dragon away so like he's really good character hers hers is too much for such a short period of time um and it's hard to solve yeah her. um but yeah, yeah like, there was too much there was a lot to unpack um, yeah but like I, say, I just i do just think yeah, I agree. But I, I still just think her story just—I just kind of like the way that kind of resolved out. Um, mm. But like, yeah, it all suffers from just not enough screen time. It does. That, that, yeah. That's the problem because it jumps to the second episode, which is kind of set two or three hundred years in the future. Right. Um, and now dragons are kind of part of society, but they're now in this kind of more futuristic, kind of decaying world, and the demons are back, basically. Um, yeah. So 
it's I think that the second episode's kind of not as effective as the first. No, it's not. Um, I think that's because of the passage of time like issue. And the fact that like, you know, because it happens in a couple of days, you're led to expect um and as soon as the demon appears, the the like the big big daddy demon. Yeah. As soon as he appears, he's dead. Um you know, like mere minutes later. Yeah. Um and then we're led to believe, I guess, from episode two that his appearance and the demon's appearance for no longer than an hour or so, <laughs> I guess, yeah. in the world was enough to completely decimate civilization as we know it. Yeah. Um, so that's my biggest gripe with, you know, leading into episode two. Because the thing is, with both of these episodes, let me just finish talking about episode two before yeah, we go into that. And then through episode two, you know, as I said, dragons are incorporated, but effectively they they kind of get into this cage sport thing where dragons fight each other now. Um, that's kind of like the main sport. Um, and then like the dragon or the demon lord, I should say, appears again at the end and there's a battle and then he's defeated. And then, you know, all these dragons and these people go off to kind of... And again, it doesn't really end because... The red dragon, who's the kind of the main protagonist dragon, Carmine, but it's but it's called known as uh, Vermilion in the second one. Um, they kind of go off to fight these these demons, and that's how it ends. And it's kind of like well, you're not really ending it because you've it almost feels like there needs a third episode where they actually fought the demons at the end of that. Um, it does feel very artificially kind of truncated. I think yeah, it does um, need a third. The problem is, and what both of those episodes really illustrate is that because of the running time, everything is really, really spelled out for you every time. Like you say, the battle against the Dreamin Lord in the first episode is over in like 30 seconds, like a minute max, because it hasn't got the time to. It's like he's appeared, this happens, they fight him, they do that. And, and there's lots of dialogue and imagery that says, right, I haven't got... Ideally, I need five minutes to explain this, but I've got ten seconds, so I'm just going to tell you what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, there's no need to guess or over-explain or whatever. So mm. it's it's really really spelled out. Yeah, the, the kind of twist about the dragons and then the defeat of the demons, like just it's over and done with in in like a minute. Yeah, like the panning shots of the, the decayed world through the beginning of episode two. It's like I really need to establish for you to understand. This world in the future is like a decayed version of the one in episode one. Yeah. So I'm going to give you all these panning shots to explain that, just so you understand it. You know, there's like when the bugs, the the demon bugs attack at the end of episode two. Yeah. yeah when when the the demon lord reappears and he's it's like there's these people running, they're attacked by these bugs, which then attacked the stadium where the dragons are fighting, and it just there's no build up, there's no background to it. It's quite cool. That scene, I quite like that bit, but it just needed a bit more depth. Yeah, you know, it needed more substance. Again, it happens in like a minute and a half, and it like nah, it needs to be like ten minutes, and 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 it there does. needs to be some substance the to it. Biggest problem with episode two is, um, I think they're a little bit too close to the dragon battle idea. Mm. You know, they they liked that idea a little bit too much. I think they wanted to like, yeah. um. Because obviously that's that's her goal is to be like her father. That's a good beat, right? Mm. Um, she explains what you know how her father died, 
uh, and like you know it's you know the show don't tell kind of thing and there's like that little flashback and yeah. and stuff like that so um and she doesn't want to kill her opponents but she does like want to earn notoriety and try and find the black dragon and and the uh, and its master um, yeah uh and like then like there is no story beat again until that 1 minute 30 ending right because what they yeah. could have done instead they got too close to the dragon's battling idea and that took up five minutes. And like, th- yeah, there was no, yeah. there's no character progress there for either of them. It was just them fighting nameless, um, you know, yeah. inconsequential characters and dragons that could have easily have been done in, you know, 10 to 15 seconds of stills showing them, you know, working their way yeah. up, you know, switching stills and panning still shots, um, of just like animated cells of them like working their way through as kind of like a montage of them getting yeah, notoriety yeah. and building up their prowess. But instead of that, they were like, they liked the idea of dragons fighting too much. And that took up, <laughs> you know, five to 10 minutes. And it just, it was just pointless. Um, yeah. Because ultimately they haven't got like the most important thing for them is the, the, the real estate of time in these OVAs. And it, again, like you said, there's no yeah. build up. Like it goes from dragon battling to now we're fighting demons again by the way and like you never get she no none of that character arc feels fulfilled because they don't they don't get to confront the black dragon and its yeah. master because it comes to them um yeah that's part of that thing and then you know he's dead in <laughs> 30 seconds if that yeah so yeah. it's just it's just yeah episode two would have been a lot lot better if they'd have just dropped the idea of dragon battles <laughs> and just made it yeah made that one story beat yeah, I like you say. I think a montage of you know, or a, a you know, a few, a, cool, a couple of very short montages, just to kind of move that along a bit mm. without spending so much time. Because I think you're right. I think they did kind of like, oh, do you know what we're going to do? We're going to have these dragons uh, fighting each other. Because one of the things I did quite like, and it, it kind of touched on it, but there's this thing called the dragon law. You know, there's this code between the dragons, which yeah. you know is ruinously underdeveloped and yeah, you know, kind unexplored, of which shoehorned in. Or dragon horned you know, in. The, in the dragon horned in. Yeah. You know, could have you could have added a, you know some real sort of depth and color to to that world, but it's yeah. kind of spoken about briefly, referred to, but never really kind of fully utilized. So mm. I think there could have been more to it. And and like you say, I think they just like the idea of like, yeah, we'll have these dragons fighting. It'll be really cool. Oh crap! Um, <laughs> we've run out of money. <laughs> yeah. Oh crap! We've got a yeah. We've got the rest of the. We've only got two minutes to go. We've got to close this story up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we haven't done the demon bugs. Oh, you know, oh, yeah. it kind of it kind of feels like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, again, the evolution that the dragons stayed and over hundreds of years became part of society and lived side by side with humans is like quite a neat idea. I like so it. So when, yeah. when it's episode two started and you kind of got that bit of it, I actually was like, oh, yeah, actually, this is quite a cool step forward it's a bit clunky the you know the the time jump mechanism the way they've done it but it ultimately works i quite liked it because it what you know the first few minutes first five minutes maybe of of episode two and how it presented that world and mm. the girl going after the dragon because you know she needed to break its horn to to own it to go and fight and all the rest of it yeah. um you know and you saw it was the same dragon as from episode one but you know it's now kind of living this kind of reclusive life yeah all that worked set the scene really well but yeah 
then kind of lost its way mm. through the remaining kind of 20 minutes or so um which was a which was a real real shame it's also so, another thing that stood out as interesting to me is the the dramatic style difference in the dragons from the first to the second episode mm, um yeah because the the ones in the in the first episode are like you know they're, they're displayed as massive um mm. uh, they're they're like their line work and their artwork yes. is, is a yeah. lot more defined and jagged and they're like they're treated yeah. like you know kaiju so like it's they are monsters and they're huge as well like towering things um and then in the second episode they're not much bigger than humanoids and they are humanoid themselves yeah you know they're a lot yeah, softer yeah. rounded kind of like yeah that's very true there is that real shift in the design of the dragons which i guess someone would argue is how they've evolved over the 200 years or whatever since the first episode um yeah, yeah. but but yeah like i say it does feel a bit inconsistent yeah uh again we've been ragging on it for the last 15 minutes or so there are a few bits i quite like yeah i mean like i i, I know, really like like you know episode one to me is this you know real graphic horror um yeah kind of story of you know the human race not liking new things that scare them yeah, a good. I I really like the story that kill before we understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I really like the story that episode one pitches, uh, and I think episode two is bad, just not good. Yeah, nothing yeah. gets I, resolved. I, I, yeah, I I don't disagree with that. Mm. I don't disagree with that. Um, so yeah, I mean, episode one is the superior uh, episode of the two. Mm. I mean, episode two, I quite like some of the futuristic designs vermilion's towers quite interesting i quite like that sleazy match promoter he he does make me laugh in episode two mm. um i like the fact that vermilion does go off to kind of when he goes off to fight even though the ending's a bit open-ended and it doesn't really truly close the story that episode two is trying to tell you but it does kind of ring off episode one because vermilion or Carmine, as he was known in the first episode, is going off to fulfil the promise that he made to Rico at the end mm. of the first episode to protect this beautiful world, sort of thing. And, yeah. and that there was bits of that that I elements of that I quite liked. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. It generally isn't a great episode, but there are bits to episode two that I, that I did like. Yeah, like you said, I really like the world it pitches to me. Like I really, yeah. I, I like the one thing. Unlike the first one, the first thing we reviewed on this, like the these two OVAs really left me hungry for more world of this world. You know, I, mm. I wanted to, I was like, Oh, I, I really, really enjoyed like, being taken through the story. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I was left wanting more, which is, you know, a good and a bad thing in a sense. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, um, cause the other thing I like episode one, especially, uh, is like the body, body horror bits of it. Um, when the demons start kind of, manifesting through the city because there's um there's a bit in there well there's a couple of bits in that scene there's like a shopping arcade where oh, people yeah. start sprouting you know it's like really really gory full dead space a, necrophage stuff yeah it's mad, yeah. yeah and the woman who sprouts the big spider legs which yeah, comes out like, to me yeah it's wild yeah because as soon as i saw that you see like there was um some films that had come out in the previous year or two um so Wicked City and Demon City Shinjuku by Yoshiaki Kawajiri, who did Vampire Hunter D, Bloodlust. Oh, know, we love Vampire uh, Ninja, Hunter Ninja D. Ninja Scroll. 
Yeah, yeah. he did Bloodlust. Um, you know, he did uh, Lensman, which we reviewed, or co-directed Lensman that yeah, we reviewed in the first well. episode. You know, Ninja Scroll. You know, he's done a load of, a good, you know, very, good. very prolific. Yeah, very good. In those two films, which are, you know, horror, essentially horror films, there are the Spider-Woman and, and everything, which I often think is a hark back to John Carpenter's The Thing mm-hmm. as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I definitely think that they took that stuff. That scene was modelled on Demon City, Eastern Juku and Wicked City because the, the artistry and, and the way that the horror, the, you know, the visuals, the actual, you know, the things that happen to the people are very, very much like what happens in those two films. So right. it's, uh, um, so I think there's definitely a, a, you know, an influence from, uh, from those, uh, yeah, Kawajiri films. But, um, but it's very good. You know, it's it's not they they're quite nicely animated and stuff. You know, they're they're full. You know, they're full on eighties anime, anime body horror, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. No, I, that's, I, that, I really like that about the first one. The the whole demon invasion thing felt you know mm. high stakes, and they kind of really got what was happening across in a very short period of time. Yeah, mm. definitely. And and that's why the first episode is, as I said, so superior. Really, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I give this a six out of ten. I think there is, there's enough to like it. It's above average, but it has problems. You know, as, yeah, as, as a, we as said, a, you know, I really want to like it more. Um, mm, I just yes. can't. Like, it's like as a as a paired product, it is a six out of ten. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a, that's a heartfelt six out of ten as well. <laughs> like, you know, I really <laughs> want to like it a lot more than I do. Yeah, I, you know, I do as well. I, I really would like to like it more. Episode one, there's loads and loads of good stuff. Just needed another twenty minutes to expand on it. Yeah, and then the same in episode two. Again, it just kind of needed another twenty minutes or so just to grow and and flesh out certain bits. Yeah, um, it's it's a real shame because I think the guys that created this generally had some really good ideas. Really I think they had a really solid story that was going to play out over you know a, a sort of age spanning story over two episodes but mm. they just didn't have the time to um to make it come to fruition to make it come to fruition properly because mm. i think you can see that a little bit in the animation as well because it's a bit mixed there's lots of shortcuts all over the place but some of the action scenes i mean you can see where they spent the money and they they look really really slick but then right in between it all you can just see all sorts of shortcuts in the animation, which kind of suggests that we wanted this amount of money and we got half of it. Mm-hmm. So we can only do this much, yeah. which is just a shame because it's, I think it really has the potential to have actually been a really, really good story. Uh, yeah, a really, I think it really could have been one of the greats. Could have been one of the greats. Mm, definitely. So, I mean, I, I would recommend people go see it. I think there's enough good stuff in this. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd say so. It's largely forgotten. I mean, it's just you just never see the same with Xanadu. Really, it comes up because people look at historical RPGs, and I think the video game was quite a big success in the eighties. So, I think there's there's probably stuff that that links it to the video game still today. Mm. Um, but Dragon Century, I think, unless you're specifically going out and looking for it, kind of thing, you just would never come across it. And I think that is a little bit of a shame because I think there's enough good stuff in there that really warrants um a viewing yeah and it's um, one of those ones i'm really interested to see what other people think of mm. um yeah i completely agree yeah definitely up there with one of the ones i've 
it's a shame because I really enjoyed it, but I also have to give it a bad score. Um, <laughs> and that's 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 kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, and you know, as we said with the review and Sandy, it, it, it does make them quite challenging to review because it's like it's not bad, it's not great, so it's yeah. somewhere sits in the middle. Yeah, yeah interesting mm. but yeah I, I do i would recommend people to go and check it out i you know i would like to hear what people thought of this one because there are some really really good elements to it indeed So that brings us to the end of our reviews today. Next episode, we're going to do a City Hunter special. Lewis, have you ever seen any City Hunter anime? I can't say that I have. Enlighten me. So City Hunter is essentially um, a whole franchise based of a kind of single joke, really, um, that you think would get quite boring, but actually works really well. So it's based on a character called uh, Ryo Cyber, who's... Um, He's like a private eye in Shinjuku, but he's a real perv. He's a real lech, and he's always leching over the girls. And he's got this assistant who's um, always putting him straight. And essentially, that is kind of it's that kind of repeated, but it's done in such a almost charming and silly and funny manner, and actually quite engaging. And you know, you actually quite like Rio Cyber at times. Mm. Um, you know, he's it's quite a, an endearing character. So it spanned several TV series and a load of movies. So what we're going to do is review the first three movies of the franchise. 357 Magnum, Bay City Wars and Million Dollar Conspiracy. So uh, the TV series, I think the first two series are both 50 episode TV series. The third series was a bit shorter. Recently been licensed by Discotech Media. So I think two years ago they announced that they'd licensed it. The whole franchise were going to release it. So... They've done the first TV series. I think they've released the first part or maybe all of the second series. So, you know, we're expecting the uh, the rest of the um, movies and that to come out as well. So they're releasing it all on Blu-ray as well, which is really good. I've seen all of the films and the first TV series. I haven't seen the second series and the, the third series. Uh, so um, quite interested to see what you think of it, Lewis, because it is quite a beloved franchise it's quite popular in the west as well as being quite popular um even had a, a film come out uh, the other year shinjuku private eyes 28 years or something after the last anime came out 20 years something you know a massive gap but you know there's still uh, you know an enduring love for the for the character and the franchise so um i thought it'd be good to 
good fun to tap into that and, and take a look at that. And we're actually Craig's actually going to do a companion piece um, on his blog, Anime Heads Retro World, as well, just to kind of provide a few visuals and um, a look at the wider the franchise, uh, given that we're only going to cover a few of the films. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking uh, about those with you, Lewis. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting one. I'm, uh, mm. I like a I like a good private eye kind of um, story. Mm. So, yeah, we, that'll be cool to watch. Yeah, um, and I say as part of your retro anime education, you need to you need to have seen some City Hunter. So, uh. <laughs> All right, then I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so where to find us? You can find us on Twitter at RetroAnimate. You can find us on pretty much every podcast hosting service. SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, TuneIn, Overcast, Podbean. You know, anything that takes RSS feeds, you can find us on there. You know, please like, subscribe, leave us a review. It all does help with the uh, visibility of the podcast. We have a website, RetroAnimatePodcast.com. You can email me directly, Ian, at RetroAnimatePodcast.com. I'm very active on the Anime UK news forums. My username is Organ. Please also follow my companion Mecha podcast, Retro Mecha podcast. Find us on Twitter at Retro Mecha and find that podcast at all the same places you would find at this one. And that brings us to the end of our reviews today. So no more dragons for another few episodes, Lewis. Aww. Oh, well. Oh, well. A few more interesting things lined up. Definitely, definitely excited to talk about City Hunter. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to the next one. Awesome. So am I. Right. So, on that note, I think we will say goodbye. Yes. Be good, goodbye from me and a goodbye from you. <laughs> it will. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. The opening and closing music of the podcast is the opening theme to Brave of the Sun Firebird, copyright to Sunrise Studios. All other music used within the podcast is copyright to its respective creator.